Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. This morning, knowing God is the answer to knowing all things, Dad. Knowing God is the answer to knowing all things. Today in the message, I'm going to be speaking to fathers, but this message is from the Word of God and applies to every person in every area of our lives. As we are listening to the Word of God this morning, let's engage our spirits in faith, focus our minds, and discipline our bodies to hear the Word of God. We must purpose to hear with the intent of doing. We never want to come to church just for the purpose of just getting through. We are to reverence the Lord and His Word. So, Father God, we come before you in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that your Word is life, it is health to all, and medicine to all our flesh. We thank you, Lord, that it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We thank you, Father, that your word is anointed. And Holy Spirit, that you give us utterance, boldness, and love to speak as we ought to speak. Lord, fill my mouth with those words that would help each and every person with illustration, with ways that would uh, help people see, your sheep see the way their situations, the way you see them, so that faith may arise And when acted upon, grace may be released and circumstances continue to change and we continue to grow spiritually. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. One of the things this morning when we were in uh, Vessels of Honor as Mike was ministering, he he didn't say this specifically, but this came to me by the Holy Spirit when he was talking about the different gleanings and sharing different uh, things that the Lord had had him go over from the past kind of six months or so at the church. And what the Holy Spirit's been saying to us through different ones and the Word of God. The, the, thing, the thought that came to me as he was speaking was I just saw this image of, of, a, of a Christian. And how in life they're reading the Word, they're hearing teaching and things like that. And what happens is we, we kind of walk up to our life, so to speak, from the outside. And we run into an area that has been conformed, not transformed. So the Bible says, be not conformed to this world. A lot of times what people think freedom is, is my problem just going away. But actually, the highest level of freedom is spiritual maturity. Now, that doesn't sound exciting because, you know, people say, no, I need somebody to lay hands on me again. I need a prophetic word. I need a this or that or whatever. Those are all add-ins to what can take place. But spiritual maturity is the goal. Right? To the measure of the stature of Christ is the goal. So when you hear the word of God and the word of God comes to you and uh, it challenges the way you think, don't get offended at the word of God, but realize you've come up to a place where maybe your thinking is conformed but not transformed. So then the word of God comes and as you're facing that conforming issue that's there, you take the word of God and you begin to transform the conforming into the image of what Christ sees. And that's what produces more, uh, what we would say, greater levels of freedom. And I'm going to say this, freedom in spite of your circumstance. Amen? See, Paul had such an understanding of who he was in Christ that in prison he wrote the most, most about joy. Isn't that interesting? We don't think that way usually, right? 
We think, oh, I'm in prison. I'm still in prison. I'd be in, I'm in prison. I'm in prison. If Paul wrote Philippians the way that most Christians think today, Philippians would be the most depressing book in all of the New Testament. Amen? But, but that's not what he did. He didn't write from his circumstances. He wrote from his position in the Spirit. Amen? And so, as dads, men, what do we want to be known as? What do we want to be known as? Do we want to be known as the grill master? Do we want to be known as the best coach that knows every sports team, every sport, everything? Do we want to be known just as a really hard worker and a provider? Do we want to be known as a skillful, skillful hunter and angler? The fisher. Do we want to be known as the camping expert? Are we the fix anything guy? You know, with YouTube, you can fix anything. Do we want to be known as, oh, that person always tells great jokes? Do we want to be known as the loving husband? Do we want to be known as, and you could go, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? So 1 John chapter 2, verse number 12. 1 John chapter 2, I guess I should turn there. Verse number 12 is where I want to start. And this is where uh, I got this uh, title. And we're just going to go through a few of these things. John said this, I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Verse 13, I write to you fathers because you have what? Known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you have known the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. Now, I want to prepare this just by stating this. It should be stated that the word translated because in these verses could just as easily be translated that. In other words, each such clause might not be explanatory because you are strong, but declarative that you are strong. Either way, this section is meant to encourage believers in the face of uncertainty. A father might encourage his son who is engaged in an activity about which he feels some insecurity by saying, I am proud of you because you're doing such a good job. Some of the recipients of 1 John, like this son, are not so sure about how well things are going. Just to give you a little background here. John, like a father, is aware of the uncertainty and wants to exhort them to a greater confidence and performance. So there's a few phrases in these three passages of Scripture that I want to pull out. Um, In these passages, we actually see three different levels of spiritual maturity. We see children, we see young men, and we see fathers. But in general, I'm going to kind of pull this apart a little bit and play with it a little bit, not not in ruining the definition of what's being said, but rather just to encourage all of us this morning, and especially fathers, in spiritual strength. I've been to uh, a few Father's Day messages, and a lot of times the Father's Day message, even though I, I think it's meant to be encouraging, sometimes comes across like, dads, you need to do more because you're not doing enough. And as a dad, 
And as, a, as, a, as just a human, but as a man and as a dad, a lot of times men and dads feel like they're doing a lot already. And so what I want to do is just help us focus into what the most important thing is, which is actually living from the Spirit first, and then everything else, including grill master, hunter, angler, worker, all of those things will be in the proper perspective of what they should be. The most important legacy that a man of God can pass on is a relationship with God and faith in God. And so I want to encourage you this morning that you can do that. It is important as a father that you, identif- that you identify where you are spiritually. It's not a son to be a child or teenager spiritually. In order to grow spiritually, we must identify where we are. From these verses, we have truths identified that will help us as fathers to grow spiritually, to be able to express the Father God the way that we should. The first phrase this morning, if you want to jot it down, that I'm going to pull out of here, is your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. Another translation says it this way, your sins have been permanently removed because the power of his name. I love that. Another translation says the name Jesus means that you can rest assured in your salvation from sin's harassment. Do you like that? Now people, people think, and, I, and the enemy does this, I don't know who mentioned it this morning, but I heard somebody mention it. I don't know if it was in conversation or if, if it was mentioned in our teaching or our Bible study this morning. But the enemy constantly is accusing, have you noticed? He's the accuser of the brethren, right? And that's what he does. He likes to accuse us. He likes to uh, uh, bring up all the sins that we've committed and point out every wrong deed and point out every little misstep. And so the apostle, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, realizes this. And so the first thing out of, out of his mouth here in this section is, Your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Watch this, not because you've done enough good to get it removed. Amen. For his namesake. This is a foundational truth that must be understood. If we're going to father or be a believer like we should, when we understand God's forgiveness, we can properly express it. This is something that we want to be known for as a father. How many know you want, to, you want to be known as a father? If you're a father in here, you want to be known as a father who understands how to receive forgiveness. And, and Mike had mentioned this this morning when he was ministering. He mentioned that whatever you receive is what you'll dispense. So if you don't receive God's love, you won't minister God's love. And the Holy Spirit always does this. He always, we have multiple different speakers in our vessels, Bible study, but he always ties in things, even if it's not in the notes, into the theme of the day. And he'll tie in thoughts because you and I as listeners of the word need to hear it. Proper understanding of forgiveness is essential to victorious living. I'm going to say it again. Proper understanding of forgiveness is essential to victorious living. In, the, in, 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 in biblical terms, in biblical times, one's name, your name, is much more than a series of letters with a certain sound. It stands for one's identity. So you are forgiven 
because or or that or for his name's sake. That means when Father God looks at you, he sees forgiven. Now I'm going to say this and you got to hear it in faith because naturally you're, you're not going to think this way. You won't think this way. Naturally, you'll think condemnation. Spiritually, if you understand through the renewal of your mind and the word of God, you'll see that when God looks at you, he looks at you through rose-colored lenses. When he looks at you, he sees his son, the resurrection, at full power within you. How many realize this, that Jesus is not sinning right now? Come on. When was the last time Jesus missed it? Never. And people say, yeah, but I've missed it. I mean, 1 John says that I'm to confess my sin. I didn't say what you did. I'm talking about God's perspective to you. And you, and people say, well, is it that important that I see it that way? It's absolutely important that you see it that way. How are you going to exercise faith if you think God is holding something against you? It is imperative that you see and I see that Jesus paid the full price for our sins. Amen? It's imperative. And as a father, as one who's in that position, you need to understand that and believe that. John opened a new section of the epistle by assuring his readers of their identity in Christ because they were genuine members of God's family. They could successfully overcome the spiritual dangers around them because of their conversion. They had been born into the family of God, having become partakers of his nature. An earthly father considers it his duty to guide and protect his family. God assumes the same responsibility. The second phrase that I want you to see is because you have known him from the beginning. The Passion Translation says you have a relationship with the one who has existed from the beginning. The mirror says it this way. May my writing also remind you that your fatherhood has its authentic genesis in him who is from the beginning. Do you like that? That's good. That means, dads, that we are fathering from a place of the father if we're in fellowship with him. Now, this covers all the bases. People say, well, I had a terrible dad, but now you have a perfect one. Now, I will not deny that the way that we are raised has impact upon how we see things. But again, let me go back to the beginning of the service. This is what the Word of God does. It's a mirror. As we're walking through the Word of God, we come up against a place in our thinking that is, that is not, it's, it's been conformed, but it hasn't been transformed. So in order for this identity from the Word to have a habitation within us, we have to learn what to reject and what to accept. We have to learn to what to to uh, implant within us and what to uproot. So you may say, well, I, was, I, had an, I had no father. I had you know, a terrible father. I had an abusive father. Or maybe you had a great father. But in all those aspects, in comparison to God the Father, where are we getting our identity from? Have you ever considered what the definition of a great father is? Because we have a lot of natural thinking in the church. And it isn't scriptural. 
Well, you know, a good father uh, involves their kids in every single sport, in everything they possibly can, keeps them busy, 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 busy. Are you sure? Is that what God would do? Would, would, is, is, God telling, is God telling the church, the fathers in the church, to go ahead and uh, do everything they possibly can with their kids naturally while ignoring spiritual realities? I will put it to you like this. You cannot actually enjoy anything naturally without, to the proper level without first having spiritual things in alignment. That's why the world has to go um, to the campsite and they can't just enjoy it in a sober condition. Now, I'm not condemning the world. I'm just saying, if you need something to alter you in order to have a good time, you're not functioning in spiritual reality. Amen. Another phrase in here says this, because you have known the Father. The Passion Translation says, I remind you, fathers and mothers... You have a relationship with the one who has existed from the beginning. The mirror says it this way. Excuse me. You have discovered your strength in Christ's achievement and not your own efforts. I wrote to all of you as children because you know God as your father. Jesus said, if, we, if you have seen me, you have seen the father. We know Father God through the example of Jesus Christ. As fathers, we are empowered to lead well by developing spiritually through fellowship with God our Father. We move from being children in spiritual development through knowing the Father. So let me say that again. We move from being children in spiritual development through knowing the Father. The last phrase that I want you to see here is that because you are strong and the Word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. So first we talked about that you are forgiven and how vital that is. Secondly, we see that you knew you know him who is from the beginning. This helps you be a good father. Third, we saw you have known the father. Another phrase in there that helps you be and live from a place of strength. Lastly, we see because you are strong and the word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the wicked one. The Passion Translation says it this way. I remind you, young people, you have defeated the evil one. The mirror says, and you, young men, I write to congratulate you for your victory over the exhausting system of hardships, annoyances, and labors. I like that one. Another of the Passion Translation that carries with the same phrase says this. Because you are strong... The word of God is treasured in your hearts and you have defeated the evil one. Also, the young men will find their strength endorsed in my writing since they have the word firmly rooted within them as their permanent source and reference. Fathers and all believers, it is no mystery how we will overcome the enemy in our lives. Fathers, you will do it by strength that is supplied from the word of God in our hearts. Earlier, I mentioned our identity as men and fathers. I mentioned the grill, the athletic, the hunting, the fishing. There is nothing essentially wrong with those things. But if we are to overcome the wicked one in this life, we must have the word of God abiding or treasured or firmly rooted in our lives. In everything that we do, there is to be a constant flow of the word of God coming out of us. Come on, what did the Old Testament law state concerning parents with their kids? 
Talk about the word when you get up. Talk about the word through your day. Talk about the word when you go to bed. And then when you wake up the next day, talk about the word. So let me put it to you like this. Sports isn't bad as long as God is leading. Hunting isn't bad. Fishing isn't bad. Uh, uh, all these things that we do, that are, they're, they're neutral in nature. They don't, they're not a sin or not a sin. There's no rule or, or principle implanted in the word of God that says, Thou shalt not watch the NBA. Even though some people think so. <laughs> but what is rooted first... Does God have first priority? Are you, am, am I as a father leading in the direction of eternity? Strength is a trait naturally associated with the prime of young manhood. And the word used implies physical strength and ability. Not only did these young men possess great strength. But they also had the word of God dwelling permanently in them. They had overcome Satan because they were strong. The source of their strength was the word of God abiding in their spirit and in their minds. Now what do I mean by that? The source of their strength was Jesus in their heart and their minds renewed with the word of God. A believer's relationship to the scriptures invariably determines the quality of their Christian experience. The Bible is called the sword of the spirit. Those who have hid God's word in their hearts have the resources necessary to live an overcoming life and to defeat Satan. When he was tempted, talking about Jesus himself, he used the scriptures to defeat the devil. Can you imagine? It was like Jesus reading his own story to the devil. Because Jesus is the word, right? He's the word made flesh. And the devil came to him and Jesus was like, I'm going to quote myself to you. And people say, well, why did he do that? Well, he didn't do it for him. He did it for us. Well, how do I win? How do I overcome fear? You put, for God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. You put it in your mind and in your heart, in your innermost being, and you let it come out of your mouth. You, as, as Mark Hankins says it, you never run at your giant with your mouth shut. You say, what do you mean? David ran at Goliath and said, I'm going to feed you to the buzzards. You know what people say? Well, it's not my personality. Let me help you. You're believing a lie. The anointing that David functioned under, all the anointings that we see in the Old Testament, I'll put it to you like this, are culminated in Jesus and his spirit lives in you. That means you have a Goliath killer inside you. Come on. Come on. What did David say about Goliath? He said, you ain't got no covenant, boy. You're dead. Now, that's the Sean International version, but you understand what I'm saying. He walked up to him and said, the bigger they are. He said, Goliath, I'm going to show you how to get ahead in life. You needed that one. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, most Christians are running, they're doing what the rest of the Israelites were doing. Ooh, ooh, scared in the camp. And David's like, where's he at? And you know, when, when you do that, most Christians do what the Israelites did. Well, you're just prideful, Mike. You're just prideful. You came in here talking about what you're going to do with God. You're just prideful. He wasn't prideful. He's really going to do it with God. And then after you lop off Goliath's head, everybody goes, oh, you were right. Can we hang out with you? God's looking for, come on, those that will step out and go. You know, the next time the devil's harassing you, you'll be driving, I want faith family people, faith family church people in their car going like this. <laughs> You're dead, devil. I got you. People are going to look at you and go, what's wrong with you? I'm about to kill a giant. Hang on. There is no spiritual maturity without the knowledge and application of God's word. Wrapping up with this. Verse 15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the physical or the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but it is of the world. Verse 17. The world is passing away. And the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Fathers, we are leading from the temporal. We are, uh, are this is the question. Fathers, are we leading from the temple, temporal or from the eternal? Are we leading from the temporal or from the eternal? Love for the world is the antithesis to love of the Father. That is the agape that is one of the distinguishing features of the true believer. Love for the world then is love for what is natural or in the world. The physical eyes are meant for seeing physical things. Thus, they function as God intended. But the problem arises when the, in, when the physical, what is tangible and visible, becomes the primary focus of human life. When this happens, our way of life is and or conversation becomes about what we have and what we do instead of who we are in Christ. As fathers, when we are leading our homes from a place of focus on the natural, we cut off the effectiveness of the eternal or the resurrection from our families. Do you see the warning and the danger? The answer is not removing ourselves from the world, but rather looking at the world through the lens of eternity. So where is our focus? Verse 17 wraps up our message perfectly. Loving the world or natural is loving the temporary and the dead. In fact, as verse 17 states, it is all passing away. The world system has been in the process of decay since Genesis chapter 3 and will eventually be completely destroyed. The world carries within it the seeds of its own destruction. Not only the world is passing away, but so is the desires or the urgent desire connected with it. The world system only promotes items and values which are part of itself. And since the world is temporary, the things which worldly people want are also temporary. In contrast, the person or father, the, the Christian or father who follows the will of God is aligned with something eternal. Both the meaning of abideth 
and the meaning and the mention of forever underscore the permanence of the godly person. The Greek idiom for forever literally means into the ages. It is a reminder that God's will extends beyond the current age into all the ages yet to come into the expanse of eternity. So as fathers, are we leading from eternity mindset first? If I lead from eternity mindset in relationship to Ian when we go golfing, come on, then I'm doing it right. If I glue or duct tape a golf club to Ian's hand and drive him to be the best golfer ever with no no leading, no connection to God first, I destroy my own offspring. I actually lead them, uh, whether it be another person or my own kids, I actually lead them into the destruction that is already operating within this world system. Now, people say, oh, that's hard. You're right, it is. That's why Jesus accomplished and gave you the grace to do it. If Christianity was easy, everybody would do it. <laughs> but it's not. It's actually impossible in and of myself. But I'm not in me anymore. Isn't it wonderful? Think about it. Dads, you can make a mistake and be forgiven. Because you're forgiven for his namesake. Come on, the word declares you know him. You need to walk around going, I know him, I know him, I know him, I know him. And your mind's going to go, shut up, you do not. Look what you just did. You say, shut up, for his name's sake, I'm forgiven. I know him, I know him, I know him, I know him. And keep going from childhood to young man to fatherhood. And then, as a child of God, and this applies to everybody, as a child of God, as a parent, as a leader, you're leading from the place of eternity. You know, we did the, the VBS this last week, right? Or the Faith Kids Summer Adventure. We're trying not to call it the VBS. Because we're, we're doing something. Anyway, doesn't matter. Do you know ministering to those kids is by faith? I mean... I think the anointing to minister to kids is stronger at times than the anointing to minister to adults. Because you all sit here and listen. Not them kids, man. I mean, I saw people, ministers, leaders in our church, those that are ministry of helps, minister to these kids, and I'm going, this is impressive. I would have shaved that kid's head by now. I mean, your daughters would have come home bald. Actually, the girls are usually pretty good. It's the little boys. You just want to duct tape one foot to the wall. Just When you cool off, we'll come back. I was telling the staff, I shouldn't tell you this, but I'm going to. You understand me. 
I was telling the staff there are times where, you remember in those uh, kind of old medieval movies and things, that outside the city they'd have like a post with a, a metal cage hanging up and there'd be a person in there? I was thinking maybe we could do that for the disobedient kids when their parents come to pick them up. It could just be a sign that says, I was disobedient and uncooperative in VBS. And they're inside the little cage hanging there. You know, our world is so oversensitive today. You know, years ago, you could do that. Now everybody has a, you know, can't handle it. a tactic of discipline right away. <laughs> okay, I'm not promoting that. For those of you watching online, <laughs> if you send in an offering, I'll send you. No, I won't. <laughs> I'll send you your own cage. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kidding mostly, yes. by the way. No, seeds that are eternal take faith to produce. Because you have to wait it out. Amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed, praise God. I just want to give you an opportunity if there's people here today that either don't know the Lord or um, maybe you have known the Lord in the past, but you just know, man, I need to rededicate my life to the Lord. I want to give you that opportunity this morning. The Bible just says, you know, it's interesting. I wrote this down. The Lord said this to me the other day. But he said, all you have to do to go to heaven when you die is live a perfect, perfectly sinless life. And then the question came to me, can you do that? And the answer is no human can. The scripture clearly teaches that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin, of course, is death. But the gift of God, this is what's wonderful, is eternal life. So if there's anybody online or there anybody here in person, and you either, you just know in your heart, I need to get right with Jesus. I need to receive him for eternal purposes and for living out the rest of my days here on earth. I want to give you that opportunity. Scripture says in Romans 5, 8, and 9, but God demonstrates his own love toward us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath, from wrath through him. 1 Corinthians 15:3 says, For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. We receive God's forgiveness through faith by trusting in Christ. John 1:12 says, But as many as received him. To them, he gave them the right to become the children of God. God made it so we have the right to become the children of God through Jesus. For those who believe in his name, Romans 10, 9, and 10 clearly says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart believes un a man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You can place your faith in Jesus and receive God's gift of eternal life right now. 
If you'd like to receive Jesus, I would uh, like to just have you raise your hand so I can pray with you. Is there anybody like that this morning? I want to give you that opportunity. I'll give it just a second. And if there's anybody online, no, we don't see anybody there. Okay. All right. Father God, we just thank you this morning for your word. We thank you for your presence in this place and your ministry to us. We give you the glory, Lord. Lord, I just lift up all the fathers in here to you and those watching online. And Lord, I pray that you would continue to operate. I know you will, but increase in them the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the importance of understanding not only their forgiven state, but then their relationship in knowing you. Lord, that they lead and we lead from the place of eternity, just as you care for us and we receive that care and that ministry, we then pass it on and express it in everything that we do as men of God. Lord, we are strong in you and in the power of your might. We thank you for this. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.